0: Hello and welcome. It's the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. And thank you to all of our podcast listeners out there. Uh, Just a reminder for everyone that this is our last show of 2023. And we'll be back January 2nd. Donovan and I need a bye week. We're tired. Not that we don't love doing this show, but we need a bye week. I mean, is your mic on? I didn't hear you in my headphones. My mic says that it's on. And I didn't hear
1: myself in my headphones either, so I'm not really sure what's up. Our studio needs a bye week.
0: Yes. (laughs) Needs some TLC. A a deep clean. Yeah, you were saying the Saints need a bye week. Boy, oh boy. I felt like that scoreline was very generous last night. 30 to 22. Didn't it feel like the Rams could have scored on basically every drive?
1: It it did. It felt like... Car could have been sacked on every dropback. Oh. He was only sacked twice, but there were people around him, around his feet the entire time. Free rushers coming the entire time. No, no real good answers in the game for New Orleans and no good answers for them moving forward. No. Think about the different in vibes for the two franchises coming into this year. We thought Rams are going to be... Drafting a USC quarterback, keep him in LA. I had the Saints at ten wins. <laughs> you had the Saints. Uh, you know they got a slight improvement at quarterback. Someone who could sling did, it. Some great uh, weapons <laughs> offensively. I mean, it, listen. It, if we're being honest, the last couple of years of Drew Brees wasn't great at quarterback. It's it true. Was operating the well, offense, but he apparently not had pushing one arm.
0: Field. Apparently he had one arm to throw.
1: Yeah. Well, and it was the wrong one, actually. Now we look at these teams. Rams are in a playoff position right now. They're celebrating Shohei Otani wearing the the Puka Nakua jersey. They they both wear seventeen, and the Saints are stumbling out of a postseason position, even though because they are in the South, your favorite division, the South. They're theoretically still in one. Can I can I talk about the Shohei Otani thing for a minute? I I know. We have so much to get to. We're going to preview the games that matter, react to Thursday. But it struck me that, like, we're celebrating Otani. Not we. Like, Yeah, like, we definitely. Los know. Angeles. And I was like, you all know he, he's not changing area codes. Yeah. He, he's, he's been living in, in he's L.A. Probably, he's probably living in the same house. He is living <laughs> in the same house. He was an L.A. athlete before. It just shows you how irrelevant The angels are.
0: Oh, Adam Rank is on line one. (laughs) (laughs) True. Fair enough.
1: I hope he's not listening (laughs) to this episode. He might not be. Um, And evidently, uh, there is no hard cap in baseball as the Dodgers uh, have more money than God. uh,
0: They have more money than NFL teams, apparently. I will say that. Um, Because, you know, there is another team in L.A. that's, you know, relatively cheap and generally doesn't want to pay for head coaches. So uh, maybe they can ask the Dodgers for some money, those L.A. Chargers. Bring in your boy, Jim Harbaugh. Okay, I'm watching this game last night, and I'm like, what has changed with Matthew Stafford? Because he is slinging it right now. 328 passing yards last night, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He's got 14 touchdown passes to one INT his last five games. This team has won five of their last six. Matthew Stafford and this offense is humming. And on a day yesterday, where it was the other wide, the other wide receiver, it's kind, of, it kind of feels like the Houston offense in a, in the sense of you don't know which of the top two wide receivers was going to go off when they were both in the lineup, being Tank Dell and Nico Collins. And it kind of feels like that with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. And it was Nakua yesterday who was an absolute beast. Uh, not to mention another 100 yard rushing game for Kyron Williams, as uh, as Aaron Schatz from uh, Pro Football, I think it's Pro Football Network, um, as he tweeted out, uh, Kyron, the fifth-round pick, Kyron Williams, is proving why you don't pay running backs.
1: Well, He's proving why the Rams don't need high picks because they get all pros in the fifth round. He's a fifth-round pick. He's going to be a top-five player. In fantasy, DeMarcus Robinson, just, hey, we're going to throw you into the lineup. A fourth straight game with a receiving TD. He's a factor. Talking about fifth-round picks, Nakua, a fifth-round rookie, uh, 95 catches, uh, 1,327 yards, five TDs. He needs just 129 yards in the next two games to break Jamar Chase's rookie record for yards He just needs 11 catches to break Jalen Waddell's rookie record for receptions. I believe he gets them both. He's already set a record for a rookie in terms of 150 receiving yard games in his rookie year, beating, I don't know, uh, Jamar Chase and Randy Moss. Kind of good. Kind of good. You know, one's a Hall of Famer, one is on their way. I think to answer your question and not just uh, flex all the stats that I researched, the difference in Matthew Stafford, 14 passing TDs since week 12, leads the NFL, another staff for you, as I stat you up, is he's got weapons all over the place. Yeah. He's got a, a, we're not even talking about Cooper Cup,
0: yeah.
1: who is a luxury as an afterthought in that offensive. Yeah. He, he he his one bad throw in the night, he misses him wide open, uh, where he would walk in the end zone. It's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna go to my new favorite target in Puka Nakua.
0: Puka Nakua definitely had breakfast with Matthew Stafford
1: before the season started, right? I do <laughs> yes. <to> have. Yes, <laughs> for those yeah, for those who don't know that story, you know it was ascribed that the connection uh, between Stafford and Cooper Cup was that they had breakfast
0: together in training camp. But l- wait, listen- who has time to have breakfast anymore? Anyway, you sit down well, to have breakfast because I know I sure don't.
1: No, I, <laughs> I make sure my kids have breakfast. That's it. I
0: get them out of the house. Anyway, sorry. Enough talk about breakfast.
1: But Stafford. Calvin Johnson's rookie record, or or, uh, receiving record, Stafford's the QB. Nakua's rookie record, Stafford, the QB. Cooper Cup's triple crown, Stafford's the QB. If he has talent, he can still sling. We saw him go a little sidearm, a little drop the elbow last night. And when he doesn't have talent, he holds the ball waiting for someone to get open, and then he just is a crash test dummy and gets banged up in his carrying injuries and that's I think was the case last year but the Rams since the bye five and one only lost to the Ravens in overtime on the road with a kick return that maybe should have come back due to penalty this Rams team we talk about the Bills and who who doesn't want to, yeah, see you the Bills don't want to play to, the Rams you don't want to play the Rams that offense and also let's give some love to Raheem Morris who is building that resume of okay yeah, maybe just give me some guys. Give me some That's guys, it. and maybe give me a team. Yeah, because yeah, it didn't go well as my first stint as a head coach in Tampa, but that was a decade ago. I was thirty-two. I'm still a a young, energetic coach, but now I've I've, I've worked under different coordinators, different systems, and maybe this is his shot this offseason. On Puka Nakua,
0: the CJ Stroud injury, and he's going to miss another game this week. I know where you're going. This made offensive rookie of the year a heck of a lot more interesting. It has to. It has, it has to, to. Right? Yeah, CJ Stroud was by far and away, before the concussion, by far and away, the winner. And that's no disrespect to Puka Nakua, because he he's had an incredible season. But what CJ Stroud did on a team that, well, I mean, I guess you could make the argument <laughs> there wasn't any expectations for the Rams either. You and I certainly didn't have any. But for Puka Nakua... He's right there now. Like if he's gonna be breaking all these records, and if CJ Stroud has to miss another week, like him missing two games, it's kind of like the what have you done for me lately with these awards this year on a week-to-week basis. It's and the it, Heisman. Yeah. And if you haven't and if you you misses if you miss games, well, it's like conversation with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill misses a, a week and you're just like, What where did Tyreek Hill go in this conversation? It's the same thing now because Puka Nakua has really Kind of made that gap smaller, and he's right there. Like, dare I say that he might be the
1: leader right now because we're not going to see CJ Stroud for another week. Yeah, and CJ Stroud, although he's averaging over 300 yards passing, did have a couple games where you know he wasn't necessarily his dominant self. Week in and week out, Puka Nakua has been the Rams' number one wide receiver, and. There are still games to play this week, obviously. But they're not sneaking into the playoffs. They're storming in. I, I I don't think they're going to be seven. I think they're going to be six.
0: And who are they going to play if they're six? Ooh, Donovan. The first Home
1: playoff game in Detroit since 1993. Who comes back to town? The guy who really put up numbers but couldn't necessarily get them postseason success matt stafford could you imagine back. oh because yeah oh the storylines jared goff versus the Rams. stafford versus the lions
0: oh and what's the the gm's name there oh my god what uh, uh in detroit yeah oh my uh, god Agnew? brad holmes oh brad holmes. brad holmes also former i'm sorry i'm thinking ram assistant GM. yeah former ram right he was in that front office too I mean, the storylines are great. The NFL would want that. Also, I don't see a scenario, unless the Rams go into the tank the next two weeks, which I don't see the way that they're playing right now, and the way everybody else behind them is kind of fumbling the bag, they're probably going to finish sixth. And, I mean, I guess the Lions could get into second, but even that, I don't see that happening either.
1: It looks like that matchup is locked. You're assuming the loser of the NFC East battle. They're going to be in fifth. Ends up five. Yep. And then there's a battle between Seattle and Minnesota for seven. But I don't think either of them, you know, should catch the Rams. Because quite frankly, I think the Rams could win out. So, yeah, we, we shall see. I mean, who knows? My Dallas Cowboys could not only not win the NFC East, but fall apart.
0: Well, they're still going to be in the playoffs.
1: Though. Sure, but but they, could they fall behind the Rams in the standings? Could the Eagles just continue this slide and f- fall all the way down behind the Rams? I mean, maybe. I, a, another first-round matchup that it looks like we might see, let's say the Eagles don't win the NFC, which they're still favored to do, I believe. But if they don't, we could see a rematch of Eagles-Seahawks mm-hmm. in the first round, which would be... A nice, interesting one. And, of course, the Niners are just in Santa Clara with their feet up, resting, watching the rest of the NFC go toe-to-toe. We thought, ah, oh, the NFC is pretty binary. There's a huge gap between the top teams and the bottom teams. The AFC is going to be the Royal Rumble. but
0: well, It still is a Royal Rumble, but yeah, I think both no sides question. are. But,
1: but I think we got some intriguing playoff For matchups sure. in, in both sides. You know what? I thought... Other than, sorry, we have the NFC South. That, that party of that, that, uh, you're party my, of five school. my feelings. It's yeah. not a power five school, just you know, every once in a while. All right, Cincinnati, go to a bowl game. you had a great season. Okay, Boise State, here's a
0: handout.
1: UCF, <laughs> like we get it, and yeah, that's gonna be the NFC South.
0: Uh, do we have anything more to add on the Saints here other than they probably need to get rid of the coach? They need to, and they're like minus. Sixty million in cap space or something next year. Eighty-seven like it's-
1: million over the cap. How many? Eighty-seven over the cap, as it is projected right now. Okay,
0: so this is more to my point that the salary cap does not actually exist.
1: Oh well, I mean, but listen, the Saints have been uh, pushing that down the road year and year and out. I think this is the off season where the bill comes due unless they're able to move some players because Derek Carr, who just got in the building, sixty million guaranteed. Yuck. No trade clause Derek Carr has. So you can't just move off that money unless he wants to go somewhere. And, and listen, if you asked him right after last night, he might.
0: But nobody wants to take him, so that's the other part of
1: that. Well, there's that. But $52 million in dead money if they move on from him. Jameis Winston, his backup, you want to try and move off of him? He's got $10 million cap hit if not on the roster next year. They are in cap jail. So this, the the, the problem is... Self-assessment. One of the biggest keys anyone can have in life, company, organization, person, is self-assessment. And they thought, oh, we we saw the Rams go out and get Matt Stafford. And they're a veteran team. They're just a QB away. In our division, we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go and get Tampa Tom and they just changed everything in the building and they were one QB away. You know what? We're going to do the same thing. We got a good defense. We got a fetch. We got playmakers on offense. We are just one QB away. Well, maybe, but not that QB. <laughs> yeah. And there's yeah, a reason QB? why that QB was available where in the division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a measured approach. We've seen what a championship looks like. We've seen what one QB away looks like. We're not it. So, you know what, Baker Mayfield? We'll take you and you can fight for the role. But at $4 million. Like they did the same thing, but it was a much more measured approach. And now maybe they extend Baker. Maybe they give him some more money. Maybe they extend him for a year or two and still draft someone because there's a lot of QBs in this draft. Where the Saints, I mean, God love you, draft someone or not, you're stuck with Derek Carr. Yeah. He'll be the most expensive backup in the history of the sport if they draft a QB. They need to press reset which is why i asked yesterday if does mickey Loomis wear some of this so we'll see because that is an expensive roster that is not very good
0: yeah they're not in cap jail they're in the cap gulag right now i don't think they're getting out of that one okay let's uh let's get going on these games because there's a lot there's a, a lot of really good ones i think this week uh none of them include the sunday nighter which is the new england patriots and the denver broncos oops i was having this conversation with Tristan. It's
1: too late to flex our, that our one. Board
0: up. Yeah, honestly. Um, and, I, and I said to him, like, and he's a Pats fan, so he was entirely in agreement with me. When you looked at this at the beginning of the year, did you think, even if you thought one of these teams was good, you didn't think the other one was going to be good? Look at some of the games. Like, Jags and Bucks was going to be more. Well, maybe not. But Bengals and Steelers, you could have, although that's a Saturday game. You could have had, uh, I don't know, Cowboys and Dolphins. I'd rather have Lions and Vikings.
1: It's horrible. Well, the issue they're having is you are spread so thin because the NFL wants to rule every day of the week, especially Mm -hmm. during the holidays. And Mark Cuban felt like, hey, you're getting greedy now. Christmas Day used to be our thing. Now you're trying to spread games on Christmas and Christmas Eve and the Saturday and the Sunday. You got the Monday and the Thursday, and you just take over every day of the week. And he said, "You listen, like, pigs get slaughtered. Like, you should – you have a good thing going, just keep it. And I think what we found is you want to have a great game on, on Christmas, on Christmas Day. So you've got, you know, the the Chiefs um, on, on Christmas Day. you got your Monday nighter that's got to be good. You've got Saturday games. The Thursday nighter, you had basically – you had to give Amazon some money back because the games in the first year were so bad. So now you're stuck with uh, a Sunday Nighter that is just like, I'd rather go to sleep because I- I'm so tired from the food I ate than mm-hmm. watch that game.
0: Yeah, it's dog bleep. That's what it is. It's horrible. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that one. Uh, first one, though, we will talk about. Let's go Bills. Eight and six, 12 and a half point favorites against the Chargers, um, who stink. They're out of the playoffs. 44 is the total in this one. This is the second of the two games tomorrow night. Obviously a big one for the Bills, and I kind of mentioned this yesterday. I can't imagine anything but a home game-type feel for Buffalo with better weather in December because I can't imagine that Chargers fans are going to be uh, going in droves to, Sto- to SoFi Stadium um, with the way the team is playing. Justin Herbert's not there. It feels like it's going to be Bills Mafia takes over the West. Um, and this one cannot be a close game for the Bills. Get in, get out, get the job done. Don't see the starters in the fourth quarter. Like, that's the type of game that it needs to be. It needs to be what we saw them do against the Raiders earlier this year. It needs to be what we saw them do against the Commanders earlier this year. And and frankly, um, in some ways, it's got to be something like what we saw against the Cowboys Last week, in terms of it's got to be a dominant performance. This is the only thing that holds me back from saying all of this is going to happen, Donovan. There's always that dead cat bounce, which is such a ridiculous saying, but there's always that dead cat bounce with a new coach. Are they going to play for this guy when? Because it was very evident that they had quit on Brandon Staley, for better or for worse. But this is the, as a Bills fan, this is the type of PTSD that I have.
1: I do agree. A new coach, an interim coach scares me just because that guy has been taking notes all year. I'm man. When I get a chance, I'm not going to do this. This was dumb. And they get to implement those things. And the team has their full attention felt like that with the Raiders, but we've seen that it doesn't always happen. Look at the Panthers who have since won, but haven't looked appreciably better after they got rid of Frank, Reich. Because sometimes you just don't have the talent or, or the interest. And I, Buffalo's been really good in December and January. 16-2 and in those two months since 2020. Best record in the NFL. They close strong. To your point, I think there's going to be a lot of snowbirds, a lot of people from southern Ontario who are in the L.A. region going and wearing Bill's gear. You can't stub your toe on this game because you've got New England at home next week. You never know what happens in a divisional game against a really good defense. And then the big one at Miami to end the year, which could be for the division, if not for a playoff spot. I have zero faith that the Chargers are going to put the good old college try. I think Buffalo wins this one big. Uh,
0: Uh, No Keenan Allen, so that's obviously a big one. That hurts. What does Austin Eckler look like after Isaiah Spiller took the bulk of the carries last week against the Raiders in that Thursday nighter? Um, They Obviously, they're going to want to see what Isaiah Spiller is. Um, Austin Eckler is probably not long for the chargers. It was, there was already talk about him not coming back to the chargers this year. So I can't imagine that they're going to give him too much of a look. Like, what does this team even look like? Do they, do they even show up? Like, and that's, that's the one thing that I look at and say, that's probably what's going to happen, but weird things happen. And you know, that's, that's the only caveat that I have with this one. But you're right. It it should be a blowout. The Bills they should cover the spread. Twelve and a half points. Like I mean, the Chargers are not a good football
1: team. They're not. Um do you know who's playing in the Rose Bowl this year in Southern California?
0: Uh it just happens to be the Michigan Wolverines.
1: I just wonder if I mean gonna be in town. Yeah. Lover of football. I just wonder if Jim Harbaugh just finds his way over across by God, the that's Jim
0: Harbaugh's music. By God. Could you imagine? They just unveil a curtain and
1: there's Jim Harbaugh. It would be like, he is the Kardashian of coaches, so it would be With very on the, brand. The
0: khaki Kardashian? Is yeah. that what we're yes. going to call him? <laughs> uh. um, yeah, I had a lot of people in my mentions yesterday. Like, Yeah, I realize that Jim Harbaugh is the betting favorite to be the next head coach of the Chargers. You know why? Because we had this conversation back in September, that's why
1: nothing's changed. Do you changed. remember when uh, baseball reporter uh, Susan Slusher was was going wild because uh, uh, Roger Clemens was spotted in the Yankees? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's sweet. Roger
0: Clemens. He's in George's box.
1: Yeah, I, I we can see that for for Jim Harbaugh. Who who who? I guess who would who would be the sideline reporter? Pam Oliver.
0: Could you imagine? That would be so good. Lisa Salters. Um, well, the, hopefully, like, honestly, as a fan, I hope it's not a fun game. I really don't. Like, I don't like fun football games when my team is playing. I want it to be an absolute – I want them to make a statement. Like, don't come back to play football ever again type of statement. We're finished.
1: I, I would be surprised if they don't. Yeah, I hope
0: so. Um, Bengals and Steelers, that is the first game tomorrow, and while it may not be a very good football game, it certainly has implications. Uh, the Bengals, 8-6, and six, minus 2.5 point favorites. Uh, the Steelers, they're done. Um, Are they're they? S- they're done. You think so? You know why they're done? Because Rudolph is arriving early for Christmas. Oh, Mason. And it's Mason Rudolph and not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So it can't be any worse, though. I mean, I don't think.
1: Maybe yeah, it can. I mean, so the Jamar Chase injury scares me yep. in what that impact will be on that Bengals offense. But Mason Rudolph scares me more, quite frankly, and really their lack of effort. The vibes are so bad in Pittsburgh right now. George Pickens, there's video of him not blocking for Jalen Warren close to the goal line and just literally hopping out of the way. Oh,
0: I don't want to touch that one.
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> Snake! An, that video he's had to answer for, there's another video of an interception being thrown in his direction. I don't know if you've seen this. And as it's being returned, he literally watches it and runs the opposite direction, like to get out of the way. And in terms of the issue with him you know, not blocking for Jalen Warren, he was asked about it and he said... I was trying to prevent a Tank Dell situation. Tank Dell was rolled up on while blocking and injured. I didn't want to get injured. When you stay in and block somebody, you can get run on very easily. Uh, And then when asked uh, about people questioning his effort, he said, they don't play football. They do what you all do, meaning they're media members. And then a host of former football players who are now in the media just roasted him for 24 hours. Um, Not everybody
0: that's in the media did not play in the NFL. I hope he realizes that. For sure. (laughs)
1: But, like, his own teammate, when asked about it, said, some play the game differently. This is Jalen Warren. If I was in that position, I would have blocked for him, but we play differently so. The vibes are just so bad in Pittsburgh that part of me is like, are are they going to come out? up Is Pickens going to be pancaking people to make up for it? Or is this just a sign that this is a selfish football team? That Mike Tomlin, as much as I love him, has let this stuff slide for too long. He came out earlier when it was asked if he was going to bench George Pickens. He said, we're not going to punish ourselves. Meaning, he's really good. We don't have anyone else that's that good. Who are we trying to make a point
0: to? We punish ourselves by playing... Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, and Mason yeah, Rudolph. Well, every week, true. do we there's want that, to do that anymore? There, there's that part.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just, I, I'm afraid of this game because I don't know where the pendulum is going to swing. It, but the vibes in Pittsburgh are so bad, and it's, it's. This is the franchise of Heinz Ward. Like their receivers historically have been the opposite of this.
0: Yeah, and. Couple things. One, this is not the first time that someone's been questioned about their blocking this year as a wide receiver. Deontay Johnson also had the same thing happen. Yeah, yeah. And he came out and apologized for it. He did not double down on it. Right. Like See, I didn't Big want to get his, injured. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I really you know what? Screw this team. <laughs> I, I don't care. But, We're gonna have a new quarterback next year. Might have a new coach. I don't care.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm I'm here. I didn't want to get injured, so I didn't block my man so he could go hit my running back and so potentially injure injured. him. Yeah, yeah. No. That is the definition
0: of selfish. Uh is there a chance that Mike Tomlin's not the coach of this team next year? I, I, you and I both have an affinity for Mike Tomlin. There is a time when the message gets stale. Now, they also don't have a quarterback. So that's part, because winning cures all, as we know. And Mike Tomlin's done a lot of winning with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's, but here's they the don't problem, have a quarterback.
1: Here's the problem with that. The team they're playing this week, theoretically, doesn't have a quarterback. Joe Burrow's True. done for the year. The other team in the division that I thought was going to finish last is on their fourth quarterback. The yeah, one he, that's playing right now—he's the best one. Correct. He was in the carpool pickup line. So they're
0: going fi- to So the so the Steelers are going to sign Joe Flacco next year to be
1: their quarterback. Would be better than Kenny Pickett, the, if we're being honest.
0: Do the AFC North tour, man.
1: Yeah, I, it just the listen. Like I, I wrote about the Browns in uh, my. 10 NFL stats piece this week on Sportsnet.ca. Feel free to go uh, read Check it. it out. They have lost 21.5% of their cap to injuries on IR this year. There's no excuse. Like, at some point, it's culture. They're 5-0 in uh, games decided by three points or less. Other teams have injuries. Uh, other teams have bad quarterback play. No other team has consistently, every week Mike Tomlin's talking about George Pickens, has consistently put out bad football. We didn't expect them necessarily to fire Matt Canada even though they are chanting for it at hockey games because (laughs) they don't get rid of coordinators in season. Well, guess what? Evidently now they do. And so they've been loyal with head coaches until maybe they're not. Now, you know this, given the show that you co-host after this, they're now chanting different things at hockey games in Pittsburgh right now. But but the biggest issue from a sporting perspective in Pittsburgh is the Steelers. So I, I... I don't think he'll be unemployed for very long. No, whether it's TV or another franchise. But do I think it's out of the realm of possibility that if this goes south, Mike Tomlin is not the head coach of the Steelers? Yeah, because in the photos of him with a Vince Lombardi Trophy, he's wearing like Reebok. That's like two uh, apparel sponsors ago. Like it, it, it's it, it's not as if his success there at a high level has been recent.
0: Uh if Mike Tomlin gets fired by the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin will have a he'll, he'll have a host of jobs. There will be teams that will fire their coach to bring in know. Mike Tomlin. Honestly.
1: So he goes to the University of Michigan and the Chargers get Jim, Har- uh, Jim Harbaugh, Jackie Kardashian, M- musical chairs.
0: It's a it's a very simple thing. It really is. And then Ryan Day goes from Ohio State to Pittsburgh. Oh, I didn't say that. Uh from the Bengals perspective, you know, the Bengals, this is a big game for a multitude of reasons. One, the Bengals have not won a game within the division this year.
1: That's it's, hard
0: to do. Yeah, they're own four. It's very hard to do. And so this is a big one against the Steelers on the road. The question is, will the legend of Jake Browning continue? And you mentioned Jamar Chase's injury. He's not playing this week. It's going to be a lot of T Higgins. It's going to be a lot of Tyler Boyd. Here's the thing. What, what for me, has been most impressive about Jake Browning's success is that they haven't really run the ball with great success so far with Joe Mixon. He's been pretty inefficient. Like, the only guy that's kind of shown any burst
1: has been uh, Chase Brown. He has, and I do think, although that is an issue that you're going to need to rectify, they have been able to manufacture the quote-unquote run game by all the quick screens that they've been throwing to Chase Brown, to some of the receivers like T. Higgins. So high percentage plays on early downs that aren't traditional belly-in-the-back runs but do the same thing in terms of keeping you on schedule offensively. You talk about them not being able to win in the division. I'll say this. If they don't win this game in the division, I don't think they're making the playoffs because their schedule to end the year is at Pittsburgh, at Kansas City, and then they host Cleveland to end the year. So Could
0: be, three, could be I mean, I can't see I can see one and two there. Uh, 0-3 is a stretch, but I don't know, man. Pittsburgh does weird things. they play well when you really don't expect them to.
1: Well, the Steelers' defense they're going to face this week is the worst defense they're going to face for the rest of the regular season, and if they make the postseason, theoretically, for the rest of the year. So this is a got-to-have-it game for Cincy this week.
0: Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Mason getting the start, so we'll see how that one goes. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back... Jags and Bucks is a massive game for both teams. We're going to talk about that. The Florida Bowl, yeah. Uh, We're also going to talk Cowboys and Dolphins. And, of course, wrap it up, the Ravens and the Niners. Merry Christmas from the NFL. All that when we come back on the Fan Checkdown. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett. We'll be back after this.
1: Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The JD Bunkers Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you
0: get your podcasts. Come back to the fan check. Should I should I expose this tweet that I got, Donovan? No, don't do it. We'll leave it. I'm sure somebody can find it. They'll get the reference. Anyway, little inside joke for Donovan and I. Well, oh, it's not really an inside joke. It's on Twitter. People are people are silly. Donovan I have a lot of
1: time on their hands.
0: Yeah, honestly. And you know that on Twitter they will tell you how bad you are at something and they very rarely will go out of their way to tell you how good you are at something. True. Society as a whole. Okay. Uh Jags at Bucks, Jags 8 and 6, the Bucks 7 and 7. The Bucks are favored by 3 points. The total is 41.
1: Uh Trevor Lawrence can play in this one? That don't long like it. Hasn't practiced as of now 11:38 Eastern time. Listen. In terms of concussion protocol it's been very rare it's like a 22 percent chance
0: that you play the week after getting a concussion
1: yeah and so i mean we saw that with cj stroud uh, a week ago i th- think we see it with trevor lawrence who now their qb room is a little bit different because nathan rourke is a new england patriot uh and not a jacksonville jaguar so they're a bit by the bug of moving people down to PR to save a little bit of money, well, given the amount of injuries right now, you risk losing them. And so we get the CJ Bethard experience.
0: Oh, boy, and that's going to be fun. Uh, I wanted to do this comparison with you. I sent you this already, but this is super interesting because we have this conversation about Trevor Lawrence. And I don't mean to pile on here because he's not playing this week, but through 48 career starts, okay, Trevor Lawrence, is 20 and 28, has an 85.5 passer rating, uh, 55 touchdown passes to 35 interceptions, 12,204 12, passing and rushing yards, 6.7 yards per attempt. You already know who this is, but we'll, we'll ask the question to the listener. Um, this is quarterback number two, 19 and 29, so one less win than Trevor Lawrence. pass rating, uh, 0.1 less than Trevor Lawrence. Passing TDs to interceptions, 55 and 33. He actually has two less interceptions than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Passing yards and rushing yards, 11,992. A difference of 12 total yards. And yards per attempt, 6.7. Quarterback two is... Daniel Jones, to this you say what, Donovan?
1: To that I say Trevor Lawrence is going to get
0: $40 million. <laughs> well, I mean, no, get
1: more. But he's the first overall pick who wasn't just any first overall pick, was supposed to be the Golden Boy. Can't Sunshine. miss. Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, franchise changer. And certainly the franchise has changed, but it hasn't been. Because he's been dominant. I mean, the numbers describe that. And the recent play of the team described that. They've lost three straight after starting 8-3. and three. Last week, they were 0-3 in the red zone, 3-13 and on third down. There are three buckets of quarterbacks. Ones that are just add water. You get them, you can win. Ones where no matter what happens, you can't with, win with them. And then... Everyone else who's in the middle, who you need to have things around them in order to get them to play their best and to win. And I think Trevor Lawrence is in that mid tier and not in the elite tier that we thought he was going to be.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he even gets there, to be honest with you. I mean, they surrounded him with weapons Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne. And the results haven't really been there. Like it's been very,
1: it's been a roller coaster. With Trevor Lawrence. He's had good plays. He's had great plays. Has he had great games? Like even Justin Fields had games where it's like, oh man, he's the best player on the field. Yeah. It's
0: it's a very rare occurrence.
1: I've never watched Trevor Lawrence just go and ball out.
0: Yeah. Not since not since Clemson. Right. Um, this is a massive game for both teams. And for the Jags, like, their schedule is kind of light, but if Trevor Lawrence misses extended time here, there's a chance they don't make the playoffs. Like, they're in a three-way tie right now for the division.
1: There's a very good chance they don't make the playoffs. And I think that'll be impacted based off of how quickly Stroud is able to get back and get back in the saddle with Houston, although they looked somewhat fine without him. But down the stretch, this AFC South race, Indy, who's been on... A backup for, essentially, the entire season other than the first month. It's what, week four or five, yeah. Houston, who still won't have their starter for this week, and Jacksonville, who finally won't have their starter in Trevor Lawrence after he was able to play after his high ankle sprain. This division very well might be decided by backups. Yeah. Down the, stretch. Uh,
0: the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Titans to finish up. For the Jags and for the Bucks, this is another one of those games for Baker Mayfield, where he can make a claim to be either the next, the, the continue to be the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year, or get himself a nice little contract this off season with another team. Certainly he's going to get a pay increase. He's been way better than we thought. Um, he's made my, he's not, he's made, but he's allowed Mike Evans to continue to be relevant. Because bad QB play can really halt halt a a free agent contract for you. And that's what Mike Evans is looking for. But this has been an offense that has had its moments where it's struggled. But certainly been a lot better than we thought. And there they are in the lead for the division. Massive loss yesterday by the Saints. The Bucs are kind of in control of their own destiny here. They are. And you
1: would love to see it for Baker. Another former first round, first overall pick who's now on his fourth team in three years, just went off with his fourth career game with four-plus TDs in it, so he comes in hot, as does their running game. Rashad White, seven TDs in the last seven games, so they've got a balanced attack. It's getting Godwin and Evans involved. I say this about, like, one out of every three teams that we talk about, but do you want to see Tampa Bay in the playoffs? Not really.
0: Only you, the only thing you want to see about Tampa Bay is their secondary. This is horrible. But I agree.
1: But they can get in a shootout with you. I, I, I like them this week against Jacksonville, given the lack of health for Jacksonville on offense. Your best receiver in Kirk, down. Your QB, uh, down. I, I like Tampa Bay this week.
0: Uh, the, the Bucks will finish with the Jags this week, the Saints next week, and the Panthers in week eighteen, uh, so th- things are looking up. Like I said, they control their own destiny here, and a win today, a win this week, and a win against the Saints, and they are pretty much in. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, I will be, I will be rooting for your Cowboys. Cowboys ten and four against the Dolphins ten and four. Dolphins favored by one point. The total is fifty. The implications for the Cowboys in this one are massive. For this reason. If they don't win the division, they will play a road game in Washington, and then they would need to play three road games in order to get to the Super Bowl. And Donovan, they are not a good road team this year. Three and four, and they're seven and nine on the road the last two seasons.
1: This game is massive
0: for your boys. Oh,
1: the, the road numbers, the splits are atrocious. It's, it's insane. They're minus 58 on the road this year they have been an entirely different team, both on offense and defense, 21.7 points per game on the road, 39.9 at home, uh, Twenty-three point, twenty-two point three points allowed on the road, 15.4 allowed at home, plus 10 turnover differential at home, minus one on the road. And it, it comes all the way to the quarterback, Dak, 21 passing TDs at home, just nine on the road he's not the mvp well he's certainly not the mvp but i actually think for both teams this is a get right game a narrative disruptor because the conversation we had about the miami dolphins was that's nice show me against a good team and
0: they still haven't done it yet
1: because they haven't had one Mm -hmm. and they lose to the chiefs in germany a game that we were hyped up and we're like you know what we're not believers bills took care of you Let's see you do it. Eagles against beat a you good by two team. scores, yeah.
0: and the Eagles aren't a very good team right now
1: either. So that so now they get a a team with a winning record in Dallas, and for Dallas, can you do two things that you've proven that you can't do that you're going to need to do to advance in the playoffs? One, you mentioned it. Can you win on the ro- on the road? And two, can you stop somebody's running game? Yeah. In all of your losses, even against bad teams, the Arizona Cardinals ran all over you. The Buffalo Bills. Ran, all of you know, Miami does it differently. They're more perimeter-run oriented, where the Bills were just gap-scheming and going downhill. I think that favors Dallas a little bit more because of their team speed. But Mike McDaniel got his job in Miami because he was the run-game coordinator in San Francisco, a big physical running game, another team that destroyed Dallas in the run game. So I expect a a lot of Raheem Mostert, who already has a single-season franchise record for TDs and rushing TDs for the Dolphins of 20 and 18, respectively. I think this is a game where loser of fan base freaks out and winner fan base can take a deep breath and say, okay, the proposition that this team can win in the postseason is there. I I I, I expect Miami to win. Uh,
0: Miami 6-1 and one at home, and that has been a place where they have had... A lot of success. Here's a question for you. Uh, again, another conversation that I was having. Tristan had lots of good ideas today. Okay, Tristan did a great job, and he's do, and he's continuing to do a great job. What's the Miami Dolphins' signature win? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna poo poo all over the Dolphins here. What's their signature win this year?
1: Denver. You you you. But Denver was really bad at that point. True, but if if you put a Miami Dolphins win in the time capsule for 2023, it's the fact that. A chain's first game as a pro, he's got 11 yards per carry. You, you essentially not only do you not punt, you have the chain gang moving after every play. Like that was the Mike McDaniel's masterpiece. Okay, second second signature win this year would be the I think the one that they just had. Take care of the Jets without Tyreek.
0: So it's the Jets, yeah, or or a two point win against the Chargers in Week One. They've they've just beaten up on bad teams. The Miami Dolphins, shall I say it again? Fraudulent. They're just anytime the going gets tough with the Miami Dolphins, they put on their Hawaiian shirts and they're like,
1: Nah, we're good. Why is it Hawaiian shirts? Is that big in Miami?
0: Oh yeah, floral print, uh, uh, flamingos, pineapples, all that stuff. I got lots of those. Shirts. It- I can you can borrow one if you want. I'm good. <laughs> we
1: can argue on whether or not beating Dallas. I think it is because Dallas is a good win. football team. They have if, 10 wins. Sure, but when when we celebrated Dallas for beating Philly, saying that they were a good football team, and now we're wondering if Philly is a good football team. So you, you, the goalpost move on this, I just yeah, think this is. A,
0: this year it does. <laughs> it, it, right?
1: I think this is a terrible matchup because no team has played more than 16% man against the Miami Dolphins because – Why would you? How how can you? Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys have never played less than 21% man. They generally pay. uh, uh, They've actually only played below 30% once. Dan Quinn is playing man. Maybe he'll give you some quarters coverage, but assuming Tyreek is playing, because he looked like he could have played last week, the proposition of having a steady dose of man-to-man in the secondary and the thought that you, at the best of times, can't stop the run in the front. The matchup is terrible for Dallas. I, I I know you don't want to hear this as a Bills fan. No, I
0: don't. But what they they could very well lose to the Ravens next week. So I'm not super concerned. And if the Bills lose to New England next week, I may not come in. You might not the, care. Yeah, way. I, I may not come in for the show. Uh, okay, let's finish up with this one. Ravens 11-3 and three at Niners. 11-3. and three, Five and a half points. For the Niners, total is 47. So the Niners' big favorites here. Vegas looks at the Niners like I do, that nobody else is close to them, basically.
1: Well, the Ravens look at it and they feel disrespected because there's already been comments about the fact that that number, that line, doesn't have respect for them considering both teams have lost three games and won 11. We have, it seems like, every week, every other week, hyped up a game that is going to be the game of the year Mm -hmm. only to come in... The following Monday, or if it was on a Monday night or Tuesday, and say that game was a dog. Are we going to do the same for what I believe might be a Super Bowl preview?
0: It won't matter because I would have eaten so much turkey that I may fall asleep anyway. So I may not have to worry about it. And we're not working the next day, so we don't have to talk about it. No, I think this is going to be a good game. Here's the, I mean, the weather should be fine in San Francisco. That's the only thing that would deter me from saying that this is not going to be a good game. Like, I think they're going to hit the over in this one. I know it's a primetime game and it's Monday, but it's Christmas. Well, maybe they'll give us a couple gifts. This is a big one for the Ravens to show how good they are. And the question becomes, for me, how is the run game for the Ravens affected by the loss of Keaton Mitchell? Is it just because you know how good the San Fran run defense is. And especially if you try and run up the gut good luck against that front four. And then if you get past them, good luck against those linebackers and Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. Like, have fun with that. So this is going to be a really big test. Honestly, we talked about the MVP race potentially being decided. If, like, this game is going to be on Lamar. This game is absolutely going to be on Lamar's shoulders because I think they're going to have to throw the ball in order to beat the San Francisco 49ers. The secondary is good, but it's kind of meh. We'll see. Lamar's going to be under a lot of pressure. He's not a highly sacked quarterback because he's so elusive. This is going to be a massive one for Lamar Jackson in this MVP race. So we, that, they could, we could just eliminate one of the candidates
1: this week. Interesting. I think it's big for Brock Purdy. When you look at Baltimore, they average 44 minutes and two seconds with the lead. Brock Purdy often plays with the lead. And so if he has to come back, in a football game against a good team and a good defense. We'll see that, we'll see. I, I, there's so many playmakers in this game all over the field. You know, I, I'm interested to see what Debo Samuel does against some DBs that actually can tackle him in space. This guy has 7 TDs in his last 20 touches.
0: That would be for those keeping score at home, that's really good.
1: A touchdown every third touch. Yes. <laughs> that's
0: that's pretty ridiculous. Wild.
1: In many of them he was untouched. Uh, Yeah, this one is, for me, the game of the week, no question. I can't wait.
0: Uh, Okay, so that's going to do it for the game previews. Okay, Donovan, I'm going to give my best bets here. And this is more I'm betting with my heart here. Uh Uh-oh. And what I would love to happen. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. Don't buy groceries when you're hungry. I do that a lot, uh, as you can tell by my Buddha belly. Um, Buffalo Bills, minus 12 and a half, taking it. Dallas Cowboys on the money line. Take it. I need these things to happen. (laughs) It's for happiness. It's Christmas
1: time. Come on.
0: And with that, it's
1: always good to watch when you got a dog in the fight. So enjoy. Yeah, I
0: will. Uh, A Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all of our listeners out there. Thank you very much uh, for being on this ride because it's certainly been a lot of fun for us. Donovan, a Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and your family. Same to you, pal. And Tristan, behind the glass, thank you so much for the work you've done the last couple of days. We're signing off. We're back January 2nd. Bye-bye.